it's sort of like being from Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> we actually all really do love cheese uh-huh. in this way that, like, should be embarrassing, but nobody's embarrassed no, by No, and you it. carry curds mm-hmm. in your purse all the time. Constantly. Yeah. I probably have some on my person right now, yeah. honestly. Hi, guys. This is Undressed. Thank you so much for being here. I am Megan Collins, a style girlfriend. Uh, how are you today? I'm well. Thank you for asking back silently. Uh, this podcast is my chance to talk to awesome, interesting people who are living their life with style because we all know by now that style isn't just about the clothes you wear. It's about how you take on your day, how you approach your life. So we have a great guest today who's doing just that, Justin Genak, which when I asked him how to pronounce his name, he said, GNAC, like G-Unit, along with a friend, Justin started Working Not Working, which is this amazing website that is completely flipping the advertising industry on its ear right now, and I will let him tell you more about that because I'm sure he'll do a better job of explaining it than I ever could. But what I will say is I loved about our conversation that he was just very much of the, well, I guess we'll figure it out attitude that really uh, is important as you transition from one type of role, one type of industry to another. I mean, for Justin, he went from being a creative in the ad industry to being a businessman, you know, to being a startup founder. So I really found that encouraging and cool and something that I aspire to because I have a tendency to sometimes have that sort of imposter syndrome of like, I don't know how to run a business. I just wanted to write and and I have to get over that. And I mostly have, but it's always nice to sort of be re-inspired and have that reinforced, which is great. But before we get started today, I, I want to talk to you about our amazing sponsor, Lumoid. Lumoid is a try-before-you-buy service for photo and video gear, including camera bodies, lenses, drones, wearable gear, everything that is technological and would confuse me to put it together, basically. Uh, They make it convenient and affordable to test drive all that cool stuff before committing to buy any of it, which is great. And even greater, uh, because undressed listeners do everything smarter, better, faster, stronger, you guys can get a very cool exclusive deal from them. Head to lumoid.com backslash stylegirlfriend and use the code STYLEGF at checkout to get 15% off rental for cameras and wearables. Cool, right? On to our show with Justin Genak. We are here with Justin Genak, who founded Working Not Working, which is a very cool... Do you guys even still consider yourself a startup? I think we do. We just we just hired our first employees in the past, like, six months, so I think oh, we're still a startup. Right? Yeah. But you've been around for how long now? Three and a half years. Okay. Yeah, but it was, like, two of us just doing it ourselves for a long time. It was, like, more of a hobby that we worked full-time on and didn't make a lot of money doing. Yeah. And when did you decide to make the switch? Actually, let's back up. Yeah. What is Working Not Working? So Working Not Working is an invite-only curated network of the best creatives in the country. Uh, and we started with advertising and design creatives because that's my background, my partner's background. We were both art directors in advertising for about 10 to 12 years. And Which is not an insignificant amount of time. No, it's a, it's a good amount of time. I was full-time for five years in, uh, in ad agencies around New York, and then I was freelancing for seven years. And we started with... Basically, our friends. We invited the best 300 creatives, freelance creatives we knew. We gave them all a few invites and said, all right, don't screw this up. We want to make sure this is the best of the best in the industry. And I think it's interesting that 300 of the best, I mean, that speaks to the breadth and depth of the advertising industry in New York City, that that's that's only skimming the surface. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And we wanted to create a site where 
you knew if you came on, you'd find someone really good. So typically, when you need to find a freelancer, you would just I don't know Google freelance copywriter. Like I don't you know, like oh. there's a, there's some other sites you can go to, but there's one lucky schmo that like has that unlock on SEO. Yes, and just has a day rate of like ten thousand. <laughs> I, I know some friends who were just like they were they were like this is so great you're doing it, but it sucks. And I'm like, why does it suck? They're like. Because I only get work because I'm the only person around that you know, people know are available. But now that they have other options, they're going to hire other people because I'm a total asshole to work with. <laughs> so, like, my friend was, like, seriously concerned. He's like, yeah, I've just been, like, a dick to everybody for years. And he's like, I'm going to have to start being nicer. And I'm like, it's totally true. I realized that, like, freelance is almost like uh, career purgatory. So if you were a terrible person in your previous life, you're probably going to have a hard time finding work. But if you're a good person and you're talented, people are going to want to help you out. I think that makes total sense, and I, yeah. I feel like your friend... Also, why are they your friend if they're such a dick? Oh, you, you just it's one of those friends where you know he's a dick, and you're kind of okay with it. All right, I accept that. But, I mean, I think it's really interesting because in most industries, it's not uh, encouraged to be a jerk. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like some... You know, I work in fashion. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes there's a Devil Wears Prada mentality of yeah. if I want to be that, then I kind of have to be cutthroat, and it yeah. just really isn't the case, but no. I will say, I feel like in advertising, because that's, you know, my background, too, I feel like people actually, it was true, like, I do feel like there was this sort of um, creative genius mentality of, like, oh, well, he, usually a he, yeah. well, he's a jerk, but he does great work, yeah. and sometimes the jerkiness almost sort of put a halo of... Uh, Tolerance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck those guys. Because, like, I, I feel like I've been really fortunate to work with some of the nicest people in the business and 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 people who are uh, lack ego. Uh, and and I think there's so many people like, I could just name you know tons of my friends and people I know that have gotten to the top just by being really good people and doing great work. And it's possible. And I think you start to see those people who. Oh yeah, he's a total asshole, but he's talented. They just fade away pretty quickly. They flame out because people just lose their patience for it. Um, so, like, I, I think some of the advice I give to like young creatives, I'm like, don't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. Like, don't because you can't do it alone. And if you start like just burning every, you know, burning all the bridges, you're gonna be screwed. Especially when you go and try to freelance or you try to start your own company. Like, you want people to want to help you, and it gets really hard to sustain a career by being a total prick. So, at the risk of sounding startup B, uh -huh. do you feel like you've disrupted the industry in that way? Because it has meant that there's, you can get good work from good people rather than you're just sort of subjected to good work from Yeah, I think that, I, I think being able to find people you like to work with. And, and, and what we realized is like when I was freelancing, I basically would only freelance at the places I knew somebody. And so your, your career opportunities and your freelance opportunities were only as big as your Rolodex. Um, and the things that's happened now is that creatives on the site are getting access to jobs so many more places even beyond ad agencies they're getting mm -hmm. uh you know facebook and apple and google and kickstarter and airbnb are all on working out working too and those and those they're getting opportunities and they're trying to build internal creative departments so um the creators are like oh this is amazing and then they're getting called back again if they're you know talented and really good to work with so it just keeps increasing all the chances of making great work so I think it's helped good people find more work, and it's helped you know companies find more good people. So, and when did you guys decide to actually make it be your thing? I mean, you started this, and you said it was sort of on the side for how long? Uh, so I, I basically started this thing as a joke on my portfolio site. Um, so I was freelancing for five years. All of the best businesses. Too. Yeah, yeah, it just totally is <laughs> an obnoxious, smart-ass joke. 
I had a portfolio site to find freelance gigs and uh, or just to find jobs and I posted this animated GIF that kind of looked like a, or was a blinking neon sign. They either said Justin's available, Justin's available soon, or Justin's working. Ah, um, but it was actually it was on my portfolio site. But it was real. It was real. So yeah, you would be able to switch it between. Yeah, so I okay. switch it, and then I also I, I called it the Justin Genac Freelance Status Apparatus, and then I also had a, <laughs> sure, of course, yeah, uh, I had a Facebook group a Twitter feed, a text alert, an iPhone app, and a mailing list, all to follow my availability. So it was super <laughs> obnoxious, but also very convenient for people who wanted to follow me. Sure. Um, anytime I'd flip my status to available, uh, I'd get two or three job offers within a day or so. And any jobs I couldn't take, I would just email to all my senior art director friends. And it got to the point where managers were like, Justin, all right, I see you're working. Are any of your friends available? And I'm like, oh, I'm a rep now. Yeah. At the same time, my partner, Adam Tompkins, was uh, freelancing, and he had been working on his own startup, and he was just having a hard time finding freelance developers. And he was looking at my thing, and we started talking. He's like, that, that could work for you. That could probably work for everybody. And we're like, oh, yeah. So the <laughs> next day, we started wireframing it, and then within like a couple of weeks, we were shopping it around to different uh, development shops to help us out with it. Mm-hmm. And we ended up launching it like six months later. So to help you out with it, meaning to just to, get the back to, end in to order? Do, to do the design and development. So we didn't do any of that because we knew other people would be much more proficient and efficient at it. Sure. Um, and also, we're two art directors. So uh, having both of us trying to design a site, like it takes us about four to six hours to design an uh, animated GIF to go into an HTML email. <laughs> so to design an entire website would have been a nightmare. So. Um, so yeah, we just found this amazing studio in Dumbo uh, called Oak Studios. There's just four or five guys that um, make their own products, and they took this on and uh, they they built it, and we've kind of been running with it ever since. So you got it started up. I think I remember getting some good press when it first launched, but then how long was it before you were like, <laughs> "Let's do this. Let's do this for real." Well, I was spending, I was mostly full time on it, and I was taking freelance gigs like once every two months for like okay. a week or two, and then Adam uh, was. Full time at the time we started, and then six months later he quit to freelance, and it, so he would freelance for a couple of weeks a month, and then be working on the site at the same time. Uh, but we kind of retired from freelance last June, so June of 2014, and yeah. to focus full time on the site. And then we hired our first full time employee. We had a part time assistant for about a year. Okay. And uh, we ended up hiring our first full time employee last November. Uh, we hired a director of talent, and then. Was that like HR? Uh, no, she, she's responsible for finding amazing creatives to invite into the network. Okay. Um, and then we ended up hiring, uh, we did a, a fundraising round, and we ended up hiring four, three more full-time employees, and then a freelance designer, a freelance developer, and uh, two sales reps. How was that with raising around? Because obviously, you know, you're used to going into a meeting and pitching projects to clients, pitching uh-huh. campaign ideas, but... It, you know, there's going to be a similar element in terms of the selling aspect, but yeah. how, how was that for you? I mean, it's a it, totally different world. Totally different world. I had no idea what I was doing or talking about. And, and then a nice thing is how it came about. So we would just have coffee with people and just talk to them about what we were doing. And they're like, cool, we're in. I'm like, what do you mean you're in? And they're like, oh, we want to invest. I'm like, oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> and we had, I think, like three meetings like that and then we were like oh maybe we should think about raising money yeah um so that sounds like totally like jerky but it was like it kind of just happened by accident and people just showing interest well usually the businesses that people want to invest in are the ones where someone solved their own problem yeah and that's exactly what you were doing that's what we did we solved it for ourselves and we solved it for our friends and now we're taking it up beyond that and it was one of those things where we would go to recruiters and we're like would you use this thing that oh my god yes (laughs) Uh, because what would happen typically is if you're uh you know a creative recruiter 
or a creative director who's looking for talent, you would basically call and email everybody in your Rolodex and see who's free. And then you'd be like, most of the time they're booked. And so then you're like, uh, what do I do now? And then you, mm-hmm. so you go around the creative department and you're like, all right, guys, I know your friend's available. And then you're just getting like the only warm the body. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then if you get really desperate, you go to a headhunter and you're willing to pay their anywhere from 15% to a hundred percent markup because you're desperate and you need someone in tomorrow. Um, but the thing is, if I get a job through a headhunter, they have a contract with that agency for a year. So anytime they want to bring me back over the course of the year, they have to pay that markup. So what happens is people are willing to pay that fee the first time because they were desperate. And then after that project, they're going to look to hire anybody but me because they don't want to pay that fee again. So then I'm not getting to work on the project I want to work on. They're not getting the creative they want. It's bad for the work and it's bad for everybody. So when we started this, we are like, all right, well, we don't want to do a commission model. Like, we want to blow that up a bit. So we decided that the fair thing to do for the creatives and for the companies is do a flat monthly subscription. So we don't charge creatives at all. Yep. Uh, but we charge the companies uh, $275 a month per user. And they have access to all the talent on the site and they can hire anybody they want. And we don't take any commission. And that 275 doesn't fluctuate, whether it's Facebook or whether it's teeny tiny digital ad agency with five people. Yeah, it's the same. But we've, what we found is larger companies get more accounts. So okay. it, it scales up. So, um, some, so they're some, not just passing the username and password around. Uh, people are doing that too. <laughs> uh, but we, we kind of know, like, you know, it's one of those things where you weigh, you're like, all right, do we, you know, put the walls up and, and be really, like, strict about it? Or do we want people using it and being becoming dependent obsessed on the product and yeah. obsessed with it? And, 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 and for us, it's like more people that are using it is more people to hire our creatives. So we feel we felt like it was in the best interest of the creatives to keep it you know keep it open for now. Uh, but we're going to be launching uh, something in the next probably a month or so. We're going to launch team accounts. So it'll ah. encourage people to get multiple team members on. Every manager is going to have their own profile just like the creatives do. And then they'll be able to share notes and folders on pro- projects and roles they're trying to staff. So before like putting up the uh, you can't be logged in to you know two people at once we're like let's give them some tools that actually is a benefit to getting multiple people on instead of just you know turning it off. Right. So how is it personally for you when you transition from being someone who is working in an ad agency or uh-huh. you know several different ad agencies being a creative. in the course of a yeah being a creative to being a what do you what are you a business, CEO? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's like one of those. Yeah, like running a, I didn't go to business school. We didn't right. go to business school. We just made something for ourselves that we thought would make our lives easier. And somebody like, had to run it, so you are. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, 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 you know, we both had experience as creative directors, so we were used to being in roles of making decisions and sure. leadership roles. But it's, you know, like the, the taxes and the, the legal and accountants and all that stuff. It's like getting insurance for your employees and just uh, all of the, yeah. or not. No, yeah, yeah, no, we totally do. No, no, everybody has insurance, but we kind of like have been leaning on other startups that do that. So I think it's one of those things where we quickly realize the things that we're not good at and then like, all right, let's pay people that know how to do yeah, that. Outsource as much as possible. Outsource as much as possible because the time it, ta- it will take for me to try to figure out like tax code is <laughs> just not really worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've done that and then we've started hiring people who are really smart and can tell us when we're doing really stupid things. Like we, we hired our team and they're just like uh, one of our... Uh, Emily, who's our uh, director of new business, she came from another startup in San Francisco, and she's just like, oh, so you guys, uh, basically all these like things that apparently startups do, she's like, oh, are you tracking this? Are you doing this? Or do you have any data on this? You're like, at your collar like, Ooh. I'm like, no, no. And so she gets to the point where she asks a question, and I'm just like, no. Uh, just assume I'm not doing it. If it's a smart thing to yeah, do. Yeah, if it's a smart thing to do that everybody's doing, we're not doing that yet. Um, but the but thing that's is, what you're here for. Yeah, and, that's what the, and so we've started implementing a lot of stuff now based on you know, just feedback and, and 
fixing our, uh, you know, onboarding and all this stuff, all these things that we, Adam described it well as like we were basically in the foxhole and just shooting whatever was closest to us. Mm-hmm. And especially with two, you know, self-funded limited resources, it's just like, what's the biggest fish to fry right now? And it's like, we were just kind of jumping from one thing to the next instead of being able to like step back from it and say, all right, is this all the stuff that we should be doing? So now we have people that can focus on that stuff. And so that other stuff was kind of secondary and now we're figuring out ways to, to, to do it right. Um, but it's, you know, when you're two people, you're kind of just doing whatever you can to, like, get the job done. Yeah. And so it's like, what's the most important thing today? Oh, it's all the most important. All of the things. Yeah. That, and yep, so that gets that really happened. overwhelming because you just kind of get buried in your to-do list. And so it's it's such a relief now to have other people that you can just delegate that stuff to. And they can go and run with it and own it. And just like, oh, <laughs> I, I, had, I went on, like, a little road trip by myself uh, in May. And within one day, I was like, oh, my God. The site's still going, oh, and I'm not that's doing nice anything. To know. Yeah, and it's a you surreal can moment. Step away and work on your business rather than in your business. Yeah, and, and or think, not work on yeah, it. Yeah, for or not work, but but even like getting that perspective at, at all, like and like, oh, I should be thinking about the bigger picture stuff. I should be thinking about where we're headed next. I should be thinking about, you know, what are the best opportunities for us or what our priorities are. And so it was such a it was such a like a moment of like clarity and like, holy shit, this is like this is this it's still going on. Everything's fine. And and I don't need to know every detail of everything that's going on with the site anymore because I knew like everything that was happening, and so the and fact you that, trusted the people that were taking care of it. Yeah, and and, and suddenly I did, but, but from having three years of knowing like every word of copy that was on the website or going out and all that to be able to, like let go of that, one is really difficult, and <laughs> and two was very uh, it was a relief, and it's like oh now we're going to be able to do those things that we've been talking about for three years. You know, we keep saying that we have three years of pent up feature ideas, and we're, we're finally starting to implement those things. That's things. exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. And it's like, I, I think Adam and I were just kind of feeling yeah, it's that being reactive and we want to be proactive. And we know there's so many things that like our community wants and needs. So it's it's all this stuff. It's just like, you know, we have a we have like a, a list of probably 100 features and it's like, okay, which ones need to come first? Right. But at least now that's what you're thinking and about. You're not thinking about what tomorrow brings. You're thinking about, okay, well, what's a month from now look like? Mm-hmm. What's six months from now look like? Yeah. And where can we go next? What roles can we add? What industries can we go to? Um, yeah, and, the, and, the, and the, the fundraising round really helped with that, with being able to just, all right, we know we've known for a while we need these people. Let's go find the best people. Yeah. And let's get them. And it's just, it, it's exciting to have support and have other brains on it. Well, the nice thing about raising money is, I mean, while you're maybe reinventing the wheel in, in advertising, mm-hmm. the people that are giving you the money have done this before and they uh-huh. do know, okay, this is the next person you need. This is the kind of role that, you know, that should look, or this is what that role should look like. Yeah. So I'm sure it's nice to be able to lean on other people so that you're not figuring all of it out for yeah. yourself all the time. And, and having those people you can talk to. And then also we, we basically put together like, what's, who's our dream team? Like who would we want to be able to pick up the phone and call? And so we started reaching out to those people and, and they actually returned our calls and, yeah. and it was like, Oh, that, that okay. That's cool. And so now it's like, we have amazing like leaders like David Droga is one of our investors and Joe Gebbia from Airbnb, one of the co-founders of Airbnb. He's on, and it's like those people like, and Joe's like great to have involved because he was a designer. Mm-hmm. And he was at RISD and um, art director and designer from who went to SVA and, you know, all around the same time. And, and, you know, and he, him and Brian and his other co-founder, like, probably knew just as little as we know, you know. And so it's a little, like, reassuring that, yeah. like, they Well, kind Airbnb, of, you do hear the story. I mean, they, yeah. it's, it was the exact same thing. They yeah. were living in, where was it, San Francisco? San Francisco. And they, and they were going to be renting it out for 
Not South by for Ted. For some conference for in some town. Conference. Yeah, I think it was a design contra- conference. And yeah. then, and, and and you kind of just solve a problem for yourself. And and I think that's where some of the best ideas come from. And and then you just react to it. And then you figure out how to run a business after that. Um, but you kind of just go and you follow your gut. And it, and you kind of got to trust your gut because if your gut sucks, you're fucked anyway. <laughs> so it's like uh, you kind of just got to go with it. And then you you know calibrate as you go along. I definitely think that's true. I mean, I never expected Style Girlfriend to be a business. And so I I kind of feel the same way in that I fell into it a bit. But the way I look at it is, unless you're a lawyer or a doctor, you don't actually need the training. You know, it would have helped if I had gone to business school or, you know, had a business degree. But I can figure it all out. Yeah. It might might take take a little little longer. longer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it also helps. It helps having a partner. Like, that has made such a difference of not having to do it alone. And, and, and having someone that, you know, we don't agree on everything, but having someone where you can go and say, like, dude, what the hell are we going to do today? And it's just like, fuck, I don't know. And then you kind of, like, you go for a walk or you go and, yeah. like, we spent uh, two hours cleaning the windows of my apartment a couple of weeks ago just because they needed to be cleaned. <laughs> and I wanted to surprise my wife. And uh, we ended up just talking about the business in general. And it was, like, it was a great story from the guy who uh, uh, founded Chobani. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave a talk at PSFK conference, I think, about two years ago. And their origin story and how he just bought this yogurt plant. Yeah, in upstate New York, and he's like, well, we got to paint it. It looks like shit. And so they spent, like, three months painting the outside of this yogurt factory, and they figured out what they were going to do along, the, you know, during the process of painting it. Those conversations, like, the, the, they were the ones painting it on the outside, and then they, like, figured it out as they were doing that. Doing oh, the, I love that. Almost like the the mindless work. And, it, it, and mindless even in the sense, like, you know, like cleaning my windows. It was like, it's like I'm doing this job and I can see the results immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something like you just kind of can do it and then you can go and say, all right, yeah, there's a, there's a sense of satisfaction, but then also uh, uh, kind of a rhythm to it. So you can just like start talking about other things and not really have to worry about it too much. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the same as, you know, Catholics who say the rosary mm-hmm. or, you know, someone who meditates. It's that idea of getting to a state where yeah. it kind of opens up. And I mean, that sounds from washing windows that's very like karate kid but yeah, it's, yeah. it's true it's that's the exact idea and i yeah. love that that's something that he did with you because yeah it, i mean yeah. yeah it was really good well he likes that he, he's <laughs> like he's a big fan of like the uh the west wing you know walk and talk oh, so god bless him we go for walks and i think we get yeah. along yeah um well then let me turn to grade yourself oh god so as a business owner uh-huh um, you're obviously very busy. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I'm sort of of the belief that you can't really have all your burners on at once. So I just want to hear from you how you think <laughs> you're doing in these different areas of your life. <laughs> this is going to be comical. Actually, let's make it easy. Let's start with career. Give yourself a grade on how you're doing in your career right now. I would say a B. Solid B. B? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a lot, uh... Well, there's a lot I want to do, and, and, and you know, now with working not working, I think I'm going to be able to do it. But I think uh, I procrastinate, and so things don't happen as quickly or as focused or efficiently as I would like them to. So I think I can I can tighten up all that. Okay. Uh, what about relationships? And that can be romantic. That can be working relationships. I would say uh, B minus, but I think it's getting better. Uh, okay. And like a B is not a bad grade. No. But I'm definitely yeah, not an A. Room for improvement. Room for I think it's, uh, I put a lot of relationships in the back burner when I started the business because you're under the stress of, I just started a business and I have no idea what I'm doing and I got to make it successful so we can pay rent, you know? And, and so, uh, 
you know, you forget to have that balance. And I quit my full-time job so I could freelance and have that work-life balance. And then I end up starting a bunch of personal projects and mm-hmm. art projects, and I end up busier than I ever was. And that's not really, I've, you know, it's, it's very easy to lose sight of the things that are important. And I've been trying to more and more be focused on, you know, making plans with friends and making plans with my wife and, mm-hmm. and, and, and putting the effort into and setting as many goals for myself personally as I do for my career. It's way easier said than done. Yeah. Um, and I've just realized that like I have, I get buried and lost in these to-do lists and there's always something that could be done today and you know, you're never going to get through it all. So it's like, I, I got to like, just learn when to turn off. So I've been trying to figure out that balance a little bit more. So in line with that, grade yourself on fitness. <laughs> uh, a D. Uh, <laughs> I, I go to these spurts. Like, I was really good at the beginning of the year. I started going to, like, Barry's boot camp. And I'm not a person who wakes up early at all. Like, I, I stay up late and work late. And I have a hard time waking up in the morning. But for, like, a good month and a half, I was waking up three days a week at 6.30 in the morning and going to Barry's. Awesome. And it was great. And I got into it. And then I tore my calf muscle skiing. And I haven't gone back because I'm, like, afraid that it's, like, too uh. strenuous with my leg. But I've been... Are you afraid it's too strenuous or is that a bit of an excuse, to be honest? Well, up until about a month ago, it was I thought it was going to be too strenuous, and then now it's probably fine. Now I just haven't gone back. I think the tricky thing about especially working out, I mean, let alone eating healthy, but um, it can feel like something that is you do in spurts and mm-hmm. not like that it's a part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And it should be. And it's, and and the thing is when I was doing all that stuff, I felt really good. Okay. So fitness, there's some work to be done. Last, (laughs) last grade to give yourself is style. I actually, I love what you're wearing today. Oh, thanks. I, I, I like, I was going to put on just like any random shit. And I was like, Oh wait, I'm going to style girlfriend. I got to like actually (laughs) maybe coordinate something. I'm a little matchy though. Maybe a little too matchy. I've got, like, the navy blue leather sneakers and then a navy blue polka dot shirt with way too many polka dot no, variations. No, just enough polka dot variations. So, I, it's funny. We were um, trying to describe our style, Adam and I, and I, and I think I'd describe mine right. is like I like to wear things with one too many design decisions. <laughs> uh, so, like, the shirt I'm wearing now has three different sizes of polka dots. Mm-hmm. White polka dots and, and a navy blue. Pocket. Yeah, yep. and then I have a navy blue hat. So, <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, yeah, and I, I was wearing... And, so we went to the Cannes Advertising Festival this summer, which is great because all of our clients and potential clients are there. And Cannes. And it's Cannes. It's not awful. And I had a pair of, like, floral uh, Nike Roches, and then I had a pair, and those were, like, black, but then, like, green and purple and blue on it. And then I had a pair of floral camo pants from, I think it was Club Monaco, but it's all gray, gray tones, like okay. black and grays. Yeah. So it was very, like, monotone, and then it was almost like it went full color on the shoes. It was very aggressive, but uh, I but felt, you felt like, good in it. Yeah, I felt good. I feel like summer was like the time for the aggressive patterning. I bought some really bold shirts with really big floral prints on it, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going with it." So, am I hearing? Am I hearing an A for style? I, I'll give myself uh, a, a A minus okay. or a B plus. I feel like I can. I can. Up, I, I rely, I think, on jeans too much. And I'm trying to wear pants more. Okay. Um, I need to read your blog more to get some more. I'm very much a sneakers, jeans, and baseball hat. So, like, you know, you can work that and that can be your look. But I want to vary it up a little bit. Well, I'm a big believer in a twill pant, which is like a nice gateway drug to pant pants. Okay. So it 
basically wears like a jean. Okay. But it's not technically jeans. Okay. So that might be your nice little baby step into. Well, these are like I've yeah. got the, I've got these in two colors and they're Levi's like five elevens, but they're like just colored pants. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of like jeans, and so I've been trying to do that. I have a, a lot of friends. There's like a movement among my friends to like not wear jeans at all. So like, <gasps> well, I have a problem. I think my issue is. I buy these colored pants, right? So I have these. Which I mean, these tacky. are gray. These are gray. <laughs> these are not colored. But a lot yeah. of times I just don't know what to wear with these pants that I buy. Mm. So like, I'm like, maybe I just need to go and buy way more shirts. That's a, it's a good excuse to you buy more shirts. You should definitely tell your wife that. Yeah, she, she's all for it. She's like, if you want to dress better, dress better. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it's a, it's a hard thing. Like You're like, I know I want to get these pants, but I don't know what the hell to do with them once I have them. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of sneakers. So I'm like, well, then i got to have sneakers that go with it too. So. So that actually brings us to our quick hits. And so for our podcast guests, we want you to do your initials approved. JG approved. Or not this dude. Don't don't think about anybody else. It's just, is this right for you? Oh, for me. Okay. Right. First up is jogger pants. Yeah, JG approved. Splitting the check on a first date. Not this dude. <laughs> yeah. No. Man tank tops. Not this dude. All-inclusive resorts. Yeah, JG approved. Gluten. JG approved. Office romances. Yeah, JG approved. <laughs> we'll have to hear more about that. Uh-huh. Man buns. <laughs> Not this dude. I have no hair. <laughs> so sad. CrossFit. Uh, Not this dude. Brunch. JG approved. Vin Diesling, which is shaving your head as soon as you start to go bald. Oh, yeah. JG approved. <laughs> Smart cars. JG approved. Sport cars. JG approved. And finally, reality TV. Uh, yeah, JJ. <laughs> oh, that's oh my good. gosh, you that's nailed fun. it. That's fun. Well, I said all the right answers. Well, I mean, you just got through it. I have so many people who want to stop and like explain, like, no, well, is... my friend has long hair, and I don't want to insult him. Oh no, I'll, no. I'll insult anybody. Uh, I hate when people have like have hair in general because I like so I started losing my hair and I shaved it and I even made a video of me shaving it to uh boys to men's it's so hard to say goodbye. Perfect. Um and Did that was you like cry? that was like 3 3 years ago, 4 years ago. Yeah, well I didn't cry but I was just like, "Oh man, this sucks." Cuz I it's one of the things I always feared. So my mom's side's totally bald, but my Got dad's it. side's not. So like I was able so to last until like 31 or 32. Um Held out and then I shaved my and then I shaved my head and now it's just like I see people who have half hair and to see them wasting that hair. Uh, Adam was uh sometimes when he comes in town from San Francisco stays at our apartment and one morning we were getting ready to go to a meeting and he's just like putting gel on his hair and I just was just for a split second I was like I remember (laughs) when I used to do that and it was just like I I, I just was longing for it and sometimes I I get my hair cut at the barbershop and I get my hair buzzed and there's people getting cool haircuts and I'm like oh that'd be nice (laughs) but I try to own the shaved head but uh, I wear hats a lot so I'm not completely owning it yeah. Uh, but it's fine. It's like the, the Adam goes, he's like, dude, I knew you with hair, and it wasn't really doing anything for you. So oh. you look cooler now anyway. And I'm like, all right, thanks. Thanks for saying that. I mean, you definitely have to own it, but I, I understand that there must be, like, a grieving period. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because it's just something, like, it's been a fear for, like, you know, 30 years, and then finally it's like, all right, we're doing this. But, yeah, my hair wasn't all that great before anyway, so. I will say I uh, am in the process of moving, and I met with this one. And and I've been thinking about it for a long time. (laughs) Um, And I met with this one realtor, 
and he had the craziest hair plugs I have ever uh, seen. Like, I've never seen them in real life, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. And so I just, I, I felt a bit like a guy talking to a girl with, like, a great rack. Like, uh-huh. I just trying kept staring to, at yeah. his hair plugs, but trying not to. Like, uh-huh. so, But I just found myself talking to the hair plugs. Yeah, I'm sure he knew it, too. I couldn't, I couldn't work with him because I was just like, I can't. like, eyes down here. Yeah. Down here. yeah. <laughs> Come on, lady. Uh, it, it was gets, bad, it's but really I, it felt like something where I felt a little sad for him, too, that it yeah. was something that he needed Obviously, or couldn't yeah, wanted. You know, live with the way that he was. And I don't know, but it's we tough. I, I like can't imagine what it must be like. We see guys with long hair and balding, and you're just like, Come on, man, just give Aww. up. Just. Just, like, look like you could be, like, in a fight. Like, you know, <laughs> shave your head, look a little Jason Statham. Yeah, get Jason a little, Statham does fine. Yeah, get a little badass. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really good. Like, when I'm, I'm in the fight club, like, nobody pulls my hair anymore, so it's really good. <laughs> um, what, what were the other ones on there? That, is there anything else we You were pro-office romance. That was interesting to me. Is that uh, how yeah. you met your wife? Well, no, I, I met her on MySpace, and then she started freelancing for, and I hit her up under the guise of work, like, hey, we really could use some help, and she came in and freelance for, like, four months, but we started dating, bef- like, before she actually came in and worked for the first day, mm. but, yeah. Oh, is that that much more, like, fun and well, sexy? That well, it was, like, like it was, like, at least, I'm, like, well, I didn't, like, you know, start dating the uh, freelancer, like, I started dating her, and then she became then a, she freelancer. Became a <laughs> freelancer one week later, um, <laughs> but then we, like, kept it a secret from... From all the coworkers. Keeping secrets at work is so fun. It's super fun. Yeah. And we were sitting at, like, it was such a small agency. There was, like, six people there. And we were sitting around one table. And, like, people just didn't even know. Like, a couple my friends knew. But, like, a couple of the other freelancers didn't know. So, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's not still, a great idea in general. No, in the long run it's not. But, you know, when it happens. But, like, especially, like, bigger offices. Like, any bigger agencies I've worked at. It's, like, it's basically being in high school. Yeah. And people go out and get drunk together all the time. It's, like, you're not going to, like, avoid that stuff. Yeah. It's a, not advised. Like, I, I have had some friends who were just, like, dated the entire account. Not like, advised. Yeah, yeah, like, dated the entire account department. And, like, you can't. Like, what are you going to do now, man? Like, mm-hmm. you dated every single girl in this office. Just, you got to uh, get a new job now. When I was still in advertising, I dated this guy um, for about a year. And he ended up getting fired in this very, like, dramatic fashion because he had accidentally, well, he had taken some pictures of, at a shoot. Okay. And it. The brand's new logo was on the uh, oh, thing. Oh, and he posted it. And he posted yeah, it to what smart. he thought was a private Flickr. It was public. For some reason, there was, like, some weird blog that cares about that kind of thing uh-huh. and found the pictures, posted them. Literally, this is all over Easter weekend. By Monday oh morning, God. we had this huge meeting. And they were like, you know, he's no longer with us. And everyone turned to me, and I was just like, kill me now, please. Did, did they all know you were Because everyone knew. I mean, oh, nobody okay. really talked about it, but yeah, everyone yeah. knew. Yeah. And I obviously knew that that was going on over the weekend, and it was just so awkward and uncomfortable. So, yeah, I don't... I think I, it's, I I, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, but also if you can avoid it. I think it's the, the it's the worst if you're a boss. Like, you definitely shouldn't oh, if no, you're a boss. Because, no, no. uh, like, there's been, like, awkward situations. Like, oh, that guy's dating the, you know, intern or right. the secretary. And you're just like, it's just not a good look. Mm-hmm. Like, or the, even just yeah, their yeah. creative, you know, their, their AD or their copywriter. Like, even yeah, if it's only a, oh, yeah, one or two down the it, chain. It's all bad. Um, but, like, there's so many options out there, especially if you're in New York or L.A. or San Francisco. There's but at the same time, it's, I don't, I don't really know if I agree with that. Yeah, but nobody actually goes up and approaches anybody anymore. Well, and also nobody so is. So working is how you meet people. Yeah, and, you, and if you're working 20-hour days. That's how Brittany not, and I fell in love. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> uh, really inappropriate, guys. She's your boss. She's your employee. Get together. Um, yeah, but it's office romance. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, and then I, you were just very anti-CrossFit. Uh, I, I just, yeah, 
people just are really into it. Yeah. Like, like too into it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I get it. You did some fucking pull-ups. Way to it's go. It's sort of like people who run marathons where they want to talk about it more. Like, they think it's more interesting than it is. And I say that as someone who ran three half marathons. And uh-huh. even that, I found I would talk about it in this oh, way that I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't interesting. Oh, I talk about uninteresting things all the time. <laughs> like, ask my wife. I love it. Well, we'll wrap up with... I want to ask you about your first million bucks moment. This is something I ask all of the undressed listeners, and I always get really great answers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like the first time I was just like, wow, I look fucking awesome, was trying on my wedding suit. Ah. So I was at Barney's, and I got like a oh, Hermani suit. And it was like, I was like, if she's going to spend the money on the dress, I'm going to spend the money on the suit. And uh, Seems reasonable was, to me. Like, it was almost like tuxedo material. It was like way too nice. Like I just made everybody look terrible at that wedding. In um, comparison to in, you, In mean? comparison to me, yeah. Wow, that's I, a bold statement. I looked amazing. Not as amazing <laughs> as Christine, but I looked, I looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, so I felt pretty good about that one. But you said you did like how you dressed in in high school. No, well, high school. I, uh, it was funny. My was it more of like a my little I'm sister? So cool. My little sister reminded me like when she was well, my stepsister. When my parents and my mom, my dad married her mom, she was like four or five years old, and she goes, "I remember one of my first memories is Christmas, and you got like this lime green fleece <laughs> vest, and you were so happy." And I just specifically remember how excited and happy you were to get that lime green fleece vest. Oh, and she's amazing. like, I, "I that I don't think I don't like it, but." If, it must be cool if he's that happy. <laughs> she was like five or six years old, and I was like, and I just remember rocking that line. I was, I had a lime green fleece vest, and then a bright neon orange Perfect. fleece uh, pullover. Of course. And I wore that shit a lot. Of course. And I was just like, and then I had bright like neon sneakers too. It's like all of it'd be kind of cool right now. So, yeah. Yeah. You should go dig that out. Yeah, and then I think I also wore a sombrero from Epcot Center to school one day. You were that kid. Yes. Well, Justin Genek, thank you so much for being here. Um, we'll put a link to Working Not Working in the show notes in case there's any amazing creatives out there listening right now. Yep. How could they get in touch with you? So they can either, uh, the best way is to get nominated by a current member uh, or to, uh, if you don't know somebody who's on the site, you can apply on the on the site itself. Because it's more than just New York, right? It is, yeah, so now it's international. So okay. we have our biggest markets are New York, L.A., San Francisco, and London, and then it's kind of starting to grow in other markets as well. We have about 5,000 active creatives right now all over the world and uh, over like a 1,000 companies. So Amazing. Yeah. So well, really listeners, go check it out. Please. Yeah. We'd love to have you. <laughs> that is our show thank you so much to justin genak from working not working for stopping by so whether you're in advertising or accounting or i don't know some other job that starts with the letter a i just hope our conversation kind of got your brain working on how you can make what you do a little bit smarter or different or more efficient i just found the whole conversation so interesting because he was solving a problem that he had And then it ended up solving a problem that so many other people had. So I got so much from it, and I hope you guys did too. Remember, you guys can head to loomwide.com backslash stylegirlfriend and use the code stylegf at checkout to get 15% off rental for cameras and wearables. Please go support them so they continue to support us. Till next time, this is Undressed. I'm Megan Collins, the Style Girlfriend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.